Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of Maker Moms and the life they lead. Each week, I will bring you the behind the scenes story of a new Maker Mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running FreemanFurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at MakerMomPodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello and welcome to episode 41 of the Maker Mom podcast. This week's guest is Katie with Handmade Katie up in Minnesota, so fellow Midwesterner along with me. And uh, it's a great episode. She talks about all kinds of making and building and contracting. Um, So really great episode uh, all together. And before I let you get to it, get to the interview part of the show, just a reminder that if you want to become a member of the Maker Mom Podcast tribe, uh, head on over to Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Maker Mom Podcast. You get all sorts of cool things like stickers and t-shirts and uh, extra content driven by you and what you would like to see. So head on over there and do that. And you also get your own shout out at the start of the next week's episode. All right, with no further ado, here is Katie with Handmade Katie. Well, why don't we just get started then with uh, giving an introduction. Have you introduced yourself about, you know, things you like to make and about your family life? Um, well, I guess my introduction would be that I like to make just about everything. If I can make it, I've probably tried. I haven't really worked with resin yet, so that is probably coming down the road. Um, I really love working with wood. I love woodworking, but everything I make has to be really purposeful. So right now I'm working on rebuilding my kitchen from scratch. (laughs) <laughs> which is a really great time to do it in the middle of the summer when the kids are home. So, <laughs> so we're making it work. Uh, we found a lot of other extra problems to fix when we took things out, like the stove not being hooked up and multiple gas leaks that you could kind of smell, but are you really smelling it? Yeah. Yeah, we were really smelling it. So <laughs> there's been a lot of little surprises that we've kind of had to muddle through as well. <laughs> Well, that sounds like a really big project to take on. <laughs> it's kind of it's regardless intense. of the time of year. Yeah. I feel like I feel like I bit off a lot, but I am just going through it methodically and slowly and Okay. Well, before I jump into kind of childhood things, I have to ask, I mean, is this something you've done before that you've uh tried to do before, like uh, this big of a project? Um, not in my own house and not really, (laughs) but I've done a lot of smaller stuff, smaller woodworking projects. So it's really just taking what I already know and applying it on a bigger scale. Okay. Well, I say uh, more power to you for (laughs) being able to take that. (laughs) Um, okay. So 
let's kind of go back a bit to your childhood. Like, where'd you grow up? Um, what things were you interested in doing as a kid? I grew up here in Minnesota, not far from St. Paul in a suburb called Cottage Grove. Um, I was really into theater, but not the not the acting side. I would never... I was on stage twice. I've had three lines in my entire life, and that's plenty for me. <laughs> I really, really was interested in the building stuff, in set crews and costumes and doing everything that wasn't on stage. Okay. So, so, so that's kind of being what I always her. did. I remember being a kid and just, like, finding scraps of plywood because we lived in a new neighborhood, so there were a lot of houses going up around us and building scooters and just building random stuff in the backyard with an old hammer and rusty nails because this was the 90s. We were fairly free range back then. Well, so it sounds like, yeah, totally like maker at heart from the, uh, from the get-go. Oh, yeah. Um, did you, do you have siblings? I do. I have an older sister who's more of the sewer. When people ask me about sewing, I say that is the wrong, the wrong sister. <laughs> so we kind of trade off in that way. And then I have a younger brother. He's the actor and the one who is more the front man of the three of us. Okay. Um, did your parent, were your parents into like making or crafting? My mom, my dad used to cross stitch. One of the biggest mysteries of my childhood is what happened to the wizard. He was cross stitching a wizard <laughs> when I was a kid and it went missing. Like nobody knows what happened to it. Every once in a while I'll go to my mom's and be like, is the wizard in here? No, the wizard hasn't been in there since I was little. We don't know what happened to it. <laughs> um, my mom can do just about anything. She is and we built a stoop in her in her garage not too long ago. We've done just loads of random projects. So she's kind of the one who's more, how do we make this? How do we make this work? She's the one who really pushed me to make sure I have a plan for everything I do. She, I know when I was a kid, I would, I wanted to build. That's all I wanted to do. And she was like, if you want to build something, you need to draw it first. So that has always just been completely ingrained into, into my process. I think that's awesome that she could provide that like feedback to you of. Yeah. And that guidance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So after high school, did you do any um, like secondary education or what did you do after I high did. school? I did. I went to college at the College of St. Catherine, now St. Catherine University and graduated with a communication degree. So I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but then it was 2009, so the economy was garbage, and I worked, you know, all over the place doing a little bit of everything, and then in 2013, I went back to school for interior design, and in 2013, I also got pregnant with twins, <laughs> and that was a long, complicated process of make sure they are healthy and alive, so that was the last several years has been kind of dedicated to mostly to them and to getting our house that we bought in 2016 back to livable. Okay. So I do have to ask, did you, were you able to finish the interior design? 
degree? I was able to finish the degree, but because of issues with twin pregnancy and preemies and life, I never got back to work. So I have this degree that I haven't used other than in my own house and kind of helping some other people fix theirs. And yeah. Um, yeah, I can't, I, I can't imagine cause I, uh, did not have multiples, but I have younger twin sisters that were born yeah. when I was almost 17. Um, and luckily, I mean, they were, you know, they were carried to term and all of that good stuff. Yeah. And, but still it taught me like at that age, I was like, please God, do not allow me to have multiples like ever <laughs> in my life. Uh, just seeing the struggles that my mom went through having, you know, yeah. kids at that, at like the same developmental age and yeah. like, going through all that together can be kind of crazy sometimes. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest struggle at this stage I mean, early on, it was just get them on a schedule and you can make anything fall into place. At this age, it's really making sure I'm not comparing them because they're so different. Like they're genetically identical, but they're so, so different from each other and from what they want to do and from how they behave. And yeah. so, so you have identical twins on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've always been able to tell them apart. So. <laughs> so I don't, I guess I don't mentally think of them as identical because they're just, yeah, they're just them. Yeah. I can see that though. I always felt yeah. like when I, when other people talk about, you know, not being able to tell identical twins apart, I always figured the parents probably always can, especially mom, because it's like, yeah. I don't know, just that intuition that's there. Like, like you said, they're totally different people, right? It, yeah. Oh, yeah. They look one alike, was, but, there yeah. were because of the problems of my pregnancy. There was, you know, one was a lot smaller at birth. So I think if they had been, you know, identical in size, it would have been different. But they were not. So. Okay. Um, all right. So. I'm also intrigued about the interior design degree because personally, that's something like I've considered going and getting um mm. just to kind of get a more uh, design background um how did you feel about like going through that getting that degree and learning kind of the aspect of design i don't know it's i went to the art institute which was a mistake because they're a for-profit goldman sachs scheme so <laughs> So they've now been shut down and the degree I spent nearly 50 grand on is basically worthless. So it's tough because I know I knew so much already going in because I had already previously gotten a bachelor's and they kind of forced you to do things in their system and the instructors weren't always the most weren't always the most supportive. I had some wonderful instructors. I know I can't thank Maria Santos enough for how amazing she was the entire time I was there. Um, and Dana and Ibo are probably the two instructors who really influenced my ability to do what I do now the most because they just understood that students are human and really treated us like we mattered and like what we needed mattered. So I don't know necessarily 
because of the experience that I had that I would repeat it. Maybe I went when the program at St. Kate's was really in its infancy and it wouldn't have been possible to do to get the second degree there quickly. I think if I were to do it again, I would have taken more time and done it there. Okay. So, um, so I have, I have mixed feelings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> about going back. Okay, but I mean that's that's good to understand. You know, um, I guess that's always the debate going on in my head too. Is like, I I have grown a strong feeling after college since getting my bachelor's, mm -hmm. like that you can you can teach yourself pretty much anything and learn yeah. from like world experience and stuff. Yeah. Um, but sometimes too, it's like, it, it would be beneficial to almost have like all those resources in just one place. Absolutely. Know? Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of skills that I built there that I wouldn't have now. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just fact my ability to really think complexly through every design and build thing that I do is because I went there is because I got that experience thinking about where does this two by four support need to be? How do I need to engineer something to hold an aquarium? Like I can, I built one of the first things I built after we moved was the tank stand for my aquarium. And it's, you know, 50 pound aquarium so it's got my turtle boots I'm mm -hmm. bad at this part <laughs> yeah so it it really has to hold a lot of weight so thinking about the engineering of I'm building this out of plywood and two by fours how do I think about this holding you know 250 300 pounds mm -hmm. so that's something that really came came from there and definitely with building my kitchen there's no way I could have done that without without the skills I learned there and without the engineering brain that it kind of gave me okay that's definitely good information to know and be able to yeah. figure out <laughs> um all right so I mean now you know like you said you haven't really uh, been able to kind of go back to work because of the twins, but um, do you see uh, in the future like turning kind of making into a business? I think so. Um, already a little bit, I do. I've helped a few people like do different builds and different construction projects. I, before I was in school, I was a house painter. So I kind of got pumped in with a friend of my sister's who's amazing and has needed help fixing what other renovators have broken. So we rebuilt at this point, two houses together. And it's been a really interesting process working with somebody else as well. So it's definitely something I can see myself doing the design degree is so much more hands-off than I think I've ever wanted to be. I think in, in my, when I was a kid, I just wanted to be a contractor. <laughs> so, so that's something that I think I may kind of switch around and do 
is get my contracting license and really truly start renovating houses a little bit more intimately than just doing the design and doing the finishing work. Well, you know, we did have a uh, general contractor on the podcast, pretty yeah. handy girl. She, uh, she went and got her general contracting license. So yeah. um, I think that'd be super cool to kind of get into that, especially if that's where your interest is leading you. Yeah. Or I'll become a plumber. There you that's go. Kinda, that's the trade <laughs> that like just really interests me. <laughs> if I had to pick one that wasn't carpentry, it would be plumber. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and they're needed. I mean, we really need people who can, who can do more than snake a drain. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, okay. Well, so it sounds like you have interest in going that route and your yeah. kids are, your kids are school age now, right? Yeah, they'll be in kindergarten in just a couple months. Okay. Um, so are you looking forward to being able to possibly start going that direction then? Um, I think so. I think they still have a lot of other needs. So I am, I'm hoping I can start going that route. There's a couple of property management companies that I've been able to kind of tap in with. So Okay. It's all it's all in flux. If I plan too much, they will get squashed. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good to have an understanding of as well. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, so it sounds like I mean it, you've got quite a bit of background with tools, right? I mean, it started as yeah. a kid and into adulthood. Um what was the first power tool you worked with? The first power tool I got, I got a jigsaw from my grandpa. Okay. It's a little Black & Decker one. I still use it all the time. <laughs> it's an amazing little tool. He had he had a set at his cabin and a set at his house. And he's like, I never used my jigsaw. I never used my jigsaw at the cabin. So he just gave it to me. All right. So jigsaw, first tool that you worked, power tool you worked with. Um Oh, no, that wasn't the or, person I worked with. I mean, that's okay. a power drill. Okay. What was have what was the first one that like you were intimidated by? Um I don't think I'm intimidated by anything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not tool wise. Um I don't know, pulling a trailer <laughs> in ah. a car, kind of, that freaks me out, figuring out the math to back it up. And yeah. But tools, no, I feel like tools are my friends. Okay. Mm. Uh, do you have a, sh like, a home shop there? I, oh my gosh, I should show you what my shop is right now. You will think it's hilarious because it's <laughs> ridiculous. My garage is full of old kitchen. So my shop right now is mostly new half kitchen. <laughs> it's completely ridiculous. I don't have a kitchen sink. I just brought a utility sink in. I don't know if I can flip it. Oh, I can't. But yeah, I'm just working on the counter. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I clamp stuff up and it just kind of works. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then uh, it's in the mostly air conditioned home and not in go. the <laughs> sweltering thousand degree garage. Yes. 
<laughs> that is definitely very fair and very valid to do, I would say. Um, <laughs> what do you think is like your most used tool now? Um, my same two, probably power drill, maybe my jigsaw, almost definitely my chop saw. Okay. Um, and with your thoughts about like becoming a contractor, are you hoping to like do a lot of the work yourself or? Yeah. Yeah. I really, I just, I like to be hands-on with it. I don't necessarily want to design stuff for other people to build. The building part's the fun part. <laughs> <laughs> so why would I, why would I pass that off if that's the part that I really enjoy? Right. I'm just also, I would describe myself as picky. I don't want other people to design something because it may not fit what I need. Mm -hmm. So. Okay. So how did you like kind of get into those other two houses that you've kind of helped rebuild? <laughs> those are my, my now fairly good friend, Laura, um, has, she owned a house that, she was having a shed dormer put on and the contractor, despite, you know, vetting everybody very, very well, didn't exactly tarp the roof. And then it rained seven inches in three days and her house flooded. So in that process, you know, insurance money only goes so far. She needed somebody who could, who could really just help her put it back together. Okay. Um, yeah. Insurance is a tricky thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I guess do you hope, you, you know, you talked about like really being able to get into building and rebuilding is your hope to get into kind of like the house flipper type of no, market? Or? I have mixed feelings about house flipping. I think in some cases it can be a really good thing because you can take a house that might be essentially falling down and really make it something somebody can use and live in. But I think there's also a profiteering aspect of that where if you're buying like a house like mine, we were up against flippers. And if you buy a house that, you know, what I call move in capable, you're potentially taking that out of the hands of a family who could put in a little bit of sweat equity and, and then live in it. So I have, I have mixed feelings on house flippers. I think I would much rather work with people more like me as a buyer. We bought our house and it was moving capable <laughs> and have kind of taken the, what, what I know and turned it into a really cute house. And we're still working on that. So I think I'd rather do that and work with somebody who wants to buy a house, but can really, but needs to buy something that needs work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a very good and valid point. Right. <clears throat> and I yeah. think it's a balance between wanting to make a living or an income off of, yeah. what you do, um, but also being, uh, I guess socially or economically responsible. Absolutely. And I'm I'm very lucky that I have a husband who makes enough that I don't need to work. Mm -hmm. And I live 
you know, I live cheaply. I, you know, we have a vegetable garden where we grow all of our tomatoes for the year and all of our potatoes for the year. And we have, we have a lot of privilege in the way that we have been able to buy our own house and have been able to, to really have access to everything that we need to make this place work. And not everybody has that. And I think getting other people who may not have the ability to, to do the fixing and give them the tools and the skills to sort of get themselves there is almost more important than, than finding a crappy house and flipping it for profit. Mm -hmm. So do you have any idea on like how to go about that? I mean, it sounds like it's something you're kind of passionate about, about Um, giving that education, I guess, out. I think it's really just tapping in. For me, it's more about tapping in with my neighbors because I do live in a neighborhood with a lot of really old houses that even just the maintenance takes work. So I'm just kind of doing more of the small job handyman type stuff mm-hmm. is really more what I want to do. Okay. Um, do you have any interest in, sh- I guess, sharing that in a wider sense and like, Kind of like, you know, like Pretty Handy Girl does like the blogs on mm. like how to change out a toilet or like, you know, the the true kind of handyman type of work. Do you have any interest there? Maybe. I think if there was, if there was interest in it, it's something I would do, but it's, mm-hmm. I'm not sure it's something I would do in somebody else's home. I really also value other people's privacy. So mm-hmm. sharing kind of from other people's from other people's homes I just to me that's creepy (laughs) (laughs) but you know with permission I would be I would be okay with doing that too Mm -hmm. have you is there kind of a maker community there that you've been able to tap into not so much in Minnesota a little bit but more not really not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Not really. It's more just kind of, you know, a little bit of knowing which neighbors can do what and kind of tapping their expertise. Okay. Um, I guess, can you describe a little bit more about like the makeup of your neighborhood? I know you said kind of older houses and stuff, but mm-hmm. I mean, it, are you finding people who are kind of more do-it-yourselfers that are around you and you are able to kind of build on each other's expertise? Yeah, a little bit. Um, let me show you out the window. So I live in a 1920s bungalow and I live around a lot of other like turn of the century, 1900 to 19 teens houses. Mm-hmm. I think mine and the house tutors down are the oldest on our, are the newest on our block. And mine is 1921, theirs is 1927. So we have a lot of houses that really are just at the age where they need work mm-hmm. or, you know, updates or mm-hmm. they had updates in the 50s or the 70s. And now people need to take that back a little bit. Re- restoration, I think, is more really what I'm interested in. And 
there's not a ton of do-it-yourselfers in my neighborhood. It's a lot of people who kind of go through their days where they need to do their job and do what they need to do with their kids. And that's just how the life works. So it's not a very, it's not, you know, it's a low income neighborhood, so it's not full of resources and, but it's full of a really strong community, just not necessarily money to, you know, build all new cabinets in the kitchen. Which is partly why I'm, holy fuck, it's my dog just rammed into my bed. <laughs> <laughs> Which is partly why I'm doing it from scratch. You know, I could have had custom carcasses done and had all the frames done, but it would have cost a lot more. So just kind of thinking, it's a different mindset, I think, in this neighborhood than it is in most other places. Okay. Um, I think to some degree that that's, that you're lucky to have found that, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. So what changing topics a little bit, but what is your favorite project you've made to date? Oh, my very favorite. Hmm. I just did. Oh man, that's really hard. <laughs> um, I think they, they just keep getting better. Um, I'm sure at some, someday my kitchen will be my favorite. Um, if I had to pick, I would pick two. I just did a stoop with my mom. It was something that my grandpa was going to do. He and I were going to do it together. And then in February he died. So it was something my mom and I did. And it was a very healing project for us to be able to, to be able to kind of sit down and do that and really kind of feel that, that spirit that he had for woodworking and that passion that he had for houses and be able to kind of really feel that we were bringing that back into our homes together. Um, yes. What were you doing? Weird dogs. Go out. <laughs> Two dogs were kind of large and weird. <laughs> The other one I just did was a gut reno of a bathroom that was <laughs> way more work than anybody had anticipated. We started taking the tile out of the shower. It was old, old, like yellow four by four tiles. It just didn't fit her aesthetic. So we took that out and the wall crumbled. Our goal was take out tile, put new tile in, and the wall, there wasn't any wall because it was so full of mold. So I have done mold abatement for property management before. So that's something I've done and pulled those skills out again. And we rebuilt it from scratch and had to adjust our plans every five seconds because we had a budget that we had to follow and we found leaking pipes and it was so much more than I think either of us anticipated it was going to be but going through that step-by-step -step problem solving was really really interesting and it's probably the tiniest bathroom in the world it's a full bath it is five feet by four and a half feet it's tiny that bathroom just it pushed both of us like to our breaking point 
<laughs> we were like, <laughs> it was either this bathroom is going to get done or one of us is going to be murdered in it. <laughs> it, was just, it was our timeline to do it was a week <laughs> and it wound up being, I think we got it mostly done. I think the whole thing turned out to be two weeks because it was just, there was no wall. <laughs> it was, it was an intense project, but I'm really, really proud of the work we were able to do in it. Well, I'm impressed that you were still able to like wrap it up in two weeks because yeah. <laughs> I think those things can sometimes, you know, yeah. With a crumbling wall, it could have turned into a much longer timeline than that. Oh, yeah. I think, I think for most people it would have. <laughs> and she's terribly allergic to mold. She like couldn't be in the house. So here I go. Chewing mold. <laughs> I'm really uh, lucky because I've had I've had a lot of property management experience doing facilities stuff, so I know what the procedures are for for fixing that and for safely removing it. And I think that really kind of shapes how I do things. I, what would you say is your favorite part about being a maker or doing like the contract work? I learn something every minute that I am doing things. I feel like I'm always challenged and that nothing really is coming easy, but I learn so much every step of the way. Yeah, I think that's, um, I, I had posted something on Instagram the other day about a project that I I'm lucky that I didn't throw it across the room, but it presented lots of uh, learning opportunities throughout the project. And somebody said, well, if you don't learn something from every project, you get bored. And I was like, yeah, that is, yeah. that's probably pretty accurate too. But I think, yeah. I think you posted that last Thursday, unless yeah. Thursday had a face frame explode. And I read that and was like, this is exactly what I need to read at this moment. <laughs> While I'm on the verge of tears in my chest. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. I've had several times where it's like, okay, I need to walk out of the shop or I'm just going to like totally yeah. destroy whatever I'm working on. Um, all right. So, I mean, you've got, you've got two kids and mm. you're trying to do all this contracting work and stuff too you know, as you can, but how are you managing all of this without uh, well, losing your mind? I am doing with them. I mean, I've taught them how to use the miter saw and the jigsaw and the hand saw and the drill. And I just, I try to engage them in doing it too. Um, mostly with working for other people, I squeeze it in around my husband's schedule so he can be home and so we don't have to try to find daycare because that's not a thing that's going to happen. Um, that's where I draw the line <laughs> just for our budget more than anything. But yeah, it's really, I've been blessed to have people in my life who are, who are willing to be flexible with what my needs are for my kids. That's awesome. I mean, it's always great to have that support and that yeah. kind of resource. Um, how, I mean, 
you can share as little as or as much as you want but like how did you I guess build that resource up you know like the community to help and have the understanding about like what you need for your kids and what needs to be done to get the work done Mm -hmm. um it really it all boils down to family i mean i work for a property management firm that my in-laws run i work for another property management firm that my cousin runs and she also runs a daycare so there's a lot of support there with yeah i know we this is what we need to get done tell us what your schedule looks like and then laura her kids are in a lot of ways like mine they share a lot of similarities and some of the struggles that they've had hers are just you know 20 years further along in life than mine so she really understands okay at this moment this is how we need to handle this her kids are home right now this is a project where they could watch movies at my house so even doing stuff there she kind of knows exactly how to how to have my kids there helping with it too and is super open to that and I am so lucky that my kids are even remotely interested in what I'm doing and that she understands how important it is for me to be able to have them with me doing stuff that's that's great um what would you I mean I guess we'll start with what's your favorite part about being a mom oh god that's a really hard question. <laughs> um, I don't know that there's one favorite thing. I think it's just a culmination of all the little moments. You know, we've got the called the Swanson grab and tickle. <laughs> you know, just kind of all the goofy things in life. You know, the funny things they say and the the random hugs throughout the day and their enthusiasm when they've helped with a project <laughs> and the giggles, the laughter mm-hmm. is is always good. <laughs> mm-hmm. How have you, I mean, did your kids just kind of like naturally gravitate towards like, what are you doing mom and wanting to like help out? And I think one of them did. One of them definitely gravitated naturally and the other like kind of saw how fun it was for us. And now they are into it more than, more than the other. So <laughs> I think part of it is just exposure too. It's like, learning how to swim the more you get in the water the more comfortable you are around it so because I've been you know I've started working on the kitchen in the winter (laughs) it's a I call it a slow progression renovation um I started with the ceiling in the winter and got that done while they were in school but then it's like just getting getting everything cut and seeing it all come together and thinking about it like a puzzle that's I think they're they're just right at the right age where it's the right time to introduce them to some of this stuff okay um what are you hoping that they I guess what's the most important thing to you for them to learn from watching you do all of this and and participating in it with you um I would say it's the same thing my mom taught me you don't need to have something. You don't need to buy something if you can make it. It's just, it's like the philosophy that I think she was raised on and that she definitely raised us on is why buy something if you can make it? 
I mean, we were, when we were little, we would make our own Barbie clothes. We can, both my sister and I can knit and crochet and can use power tools. And we're not intimidated by that at all because we've always just, it's been ingrained with us since we were my kid's age, they're both five, that you can, if you put your mind to it, you can make the things you need. You can make the life you need. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just such an amazing way to go about life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it's great that you're incorporating them into, you know, helping you do the renovation. Yeah. Well, it helps uh, them own it too. Yeah. It gives them some, some pride in it as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, have you had any challenges you've faced being a, a woman in kind of a more male-dominated In a male-dominated field. <laughs> yeah. Um, as a maker, not as much. As I, I mean, I graduated from college in 2009 when there were no jobs. As a car salesman, yes. I did not last long. I did not do well. I'm not a salesman. <laughs> I do love cars. I, I really love, I really do. I love cars. It's kind of my, my secret how does this work? Let me get into that engine and check it out type of thing. Um, but I'm not, that's not my thing. <laughs> that, that was one where there was more, more blatant sexism than what I see now. I think, you know, when you talk to people, it's more, it's more acceptable for women to know about contracting now than it was even five years ago people try to explain something to me and it's like well first of all that was wrong but thank you for trying <laughs> i was having a conversation the other day about municipal code and it's like my other day job is as a home inspector which is the most flexible thing in the universe when you have two children some of which you know who have needs so and he tried to argue with me about, you know, when tempered glass is required. And I'm like, well, municipal code states this in this statute. <laughs> and he just looks at me like I'm giving him, like, he, I don't know, like he didn't believe me. And I'm like, look, <laughs> thank you for playing. But no, you are incorrect. Yeah. 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 Um, do you think you've maybe had a little less of that because you've been involved in like you said the like family businesses basically with yeah I think I think I don't see it as much because because of the level of respect that the that my family members have mm -hmm. and I am willing to tap their expertise as well like we had to cap a gas line because it was leaking you don't really want your kitchen flooding with gas so I didn't have to spend a thousand dollars hiring a plumber to do it because that was something he can do so okay so if you're talking to another mom who wants to kind of tackle a new skill like mm -hmm. making or diy or carpentry mm -hmm. but is hesitant to get started like what would be your advice or words of encouragement to her i am somebody who just goes right in i always do so it's like just do it if you can, I mean, if people that need help, reach out. Just always just do it. And then if you need help, reach out. And somebody's going to be there to be like, here's how you do it. Or reach out to YouTube at first if you're nervous, you know. You can learn just about anything if you put your mind to it. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Yeah, I would totally, I would totally agree, especially with YouTube and other resources that are out there today. Um, all right. So do you have any other kind of like maker or DIY moms that you want to shout out that kind of give you inspiration? Um, Wendy from Pursuit of Happy Mess is probably one of the most highlighted people that I have followed because she's wonderful. Her attitude, I mean, through everything is always to keep going and to keep pursuing and to keep working to be better. Uh, Farmhouse Vernacular, little more, little more, um, what's the word? little more um, on the house renovation side. She has just this passion for making her house so much more like it was when it was original. And that's something that I'm super inspired by just because that's restoration is something that I'm really passionate about. So probably those two. Okay, awesome. Um, all right, so for people who might not be following you, where can they go to find you on the interwebs? On the interwebs, I'm most active on Instagram at Handmade Katie. Okay. And just so everybody knows, you spell Katie the correct way with an I I-E at the end. I K-A-T-I-E. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I also spell Catherine the correct way, C-A-T-H-E-R-N-E. Oh, I have to disagree there. Nope. Uh-uh. <laughs> Mine is the old way. It's very, very old. I was named after the school I went to, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. My mom went there, so. Gotcha. Um, okay. Well, thanks so much, Katie, Thank for taking you. the time to talk with me today. <laughs> All right. So, again, that was Katie with Handmade Katie. I will include ways to follow along with her in the show notes as always. And really the easiest way to get to those show notes is by following along with the Maker Mom podcast on Instagram. And that's just at Maker Mom podcast. And if you hit the link in the bio, that will take you to being able to get to the show notes, to getting to Patreon, all kinds of fun things. Um, I also throw things up there when uh, my listeners have an opportunity to have savings on things like Dovetail Workwear. I throw a link up there as well so you can go check that out. Um, all right, so until next week, I will see you later. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know.